It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, and it's your hosts, the real Ed Oliver with my guy, Brandon Scott. We just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today, we're going to recap Denny's game against the Netherlands and then his game today against Poland. So it was somewhat of the good, bad, and ugly, uh, a tale of two games. Denny had a great game in the first, in the, the game against the Netherlands, putting up 20-plus points, and then this game, he had below 10 points. So, um, Brandon, what was your main takeaways from the first game against the Netherlands or the second game against the Netherlands where they went 2-0? Now they're 2-1. They do play Serbia tomorrow against Nikola Jokic, which is going to be a very tough game at 3 p.m. I can't wait to see that matchup, Denny versus Jokic. That should be fun. Uh, what was your thoughts about his performance against the Netherlands? Um, It was uh, about the same performance uh, with the game before. You know, Denny, his shot looks good. You know, he played real well. Um, the Netherlands isn't a powerhouse team, so, you know, you got to look at the, the level of competition, you know, but um, he, he continues to impress me. You know, you see the improvement he's made over the offseason, you know, so and even when his shot's not dropping, you know, you, you see him contributing in many ways, you know, the rebounds, you know, the division. So, you know, that's the basketball IQ I want to see from Denny. You know, even when you're struggling with your shot, you know, you're still contributing in other ways. So, I, you know, I was impressed. Definitely, yeah. So against the Netherlands, he had 21 points, 6 for 11 from the field, and 7 of 7 from the free throw line. He was super clutch um, in the in the end. He had four rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block, two for three from the three-point line, 74.6 true shooting percentage, and a uh, plus 15 in the plus-minus box. So that game, some of the notes that I wrote down in that game, um, they also ended up winning that game. I look at the final score, 74 to 67. Um, he hit a three-point in the corner. Um, he had a nice block as well. Um, and he really woke up in the fourth quarter. The first half, you know, he was started off a little slow, which is kind of what he's been doing so far. Like in the game that just happened against uh, Poland, you know, he had a very he didn't score it all in the first half. We're gonna get to that game too. Um, but he um and then he had a he had a big step back three where he was going one on one. He did a lot of between the legs moves and you know, isolation. You can see some of the stuff that he worked on uh with Drew Halen over the summer. You know, he he we don't see a lot of that. In, in Wizards games where he was doing, you know, between the legs, you know, in and out kind of stuff, crossovers and whatnot. He had a big isolation shot and a big step back three uh, to put Israel up 67 to 62 with two minutes left. Um, also, Yamadar had a good game, too. Um, he hit a three-pointer. They're both 21 years old. Um, Denny had a nice move, went to the right and took a high arc runner. He missed the shot, but he got into the paint. I did like that. He got to the free throw line a lot, like I said before, and then he finishing he had a, a jump stop and a pump fake, and he got to the free throw line. So he got to the line a lot. Uh, he did have a nice block on a fast break as well. He did a lot of pump fakes. So that's where he's trying to improve on finishing, where he's taking his time. He'll come to a jump stop, do a pump fake, and then go up. Where, you know, last year he kind of rushed a little bit around the rim. So that's that's where that's where I've seen um, some improvement areas. And then in the third quarter, he did a between-the-leg move and then did a push shot in the paint, like a push kind of like Tony Kukoc-esque uh, type of shot. 
Um, then another note that I wrote down, he had a nice steal that led to a Yamadar three-pointer where he had a hockey assist. Um, a, lot, a lot of his takes were, and then he had a nice move, went to the right and took a high arc runner, but he missed it, got to the paint. I already talked about that one. Um, yeah, he, he, got, he got into the lane a lot and hit some big shots for, um, for Israel. And then he had a couple threes, the three-pointer in the corner that he made in the first half. Started off two and two. Um, he had a putback with 16 seconds left, and then he hit a tough turnaround buzzer beater before the end of the half. So it was like a turnaround. They isolated it out for him. He had a tough turnaround. It was like a rainbow rainbow shot, a long two, and knocked it down. So he really has been the go guy. They have used him as a point forward or a secondary ball handler. That's what I've seen. That's what I saw in the first game. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, what I see most from Denny this offseason and, you know, uh, with the FIBA is him working on his craft. You know, you, you brought up, you know, the pump fake. You know, very often, uh, really his first year, you didn't see a lot of that. You know, he was rushing his shot, especially in the paint. Um, he's working on his craft. That's all you can ask for is, uh, you know, especially getting to the basket, getting to the basket and uh, dealing with contact. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one thing that he kind of shot away last season, you know, not really finishing through contact. You've seen a lot of that. So I'm very impressed because he's working on his craft. You know, this he's a good player that could take that leap this season. So, you know, seeing him work on his craft, you know, because not a lot of players do. You know, I ain't trying to call nobody out Ben Simmons, but, you know, <laughs> you know, working on your craft, you know, you're a professional basketball player. So, you know, you, you, you know, like any other job, you want to work on your craft. So he's doing that. So he's doing the work that he needs to do. So, you know, absolutely. I'm very impressed. Definitely, yeah. So the good, bad, the good from that, I love the turnaround jumper. I love the way he got to the paint. I love the way he got to the free throw line, making all his free throws, seven for seven from the free throw line. I love him being aggressive, that step back three in the clutch. He's been super, super clutch. Now, towards the end of the game, uh, in the last two minutes, they were up, but he had a terrible behind-the-back pass trying to be a little too cute and a little too fancy, um, threw the ball out of bounds. Um, But he also had another turnover where they trapped him in the corner coming up uh, above half court. And uh, the Netherlands came down. They hit a three-pointer, and the Netherlands were only down by three with a couple seconds to, with a couple seconds to go. So he was getting a little too fancy, a little too cute towards the end of the game. So those are, that was the ugly in my part, in my opinion, in that la- in that first game against the, ne- against the Netherlands. So he had a, he had a great game overall, but you got to finish it. You can't get too cute and too fancy throwing behind the back passes. I know Tommy Shepard went to a game out there. I don't know if he's still out there. I'm watching Denny play, but I know that didn't make Tommy Shepard ha- happy at all. Um, and once again, he drew eight fouls in that game, but he did have five turnovers. So that's 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 what he's got to work on. He doesn't really turn the ball over much with the Wizards from what I see. He doesn't you know, handle the ball much. His usage rate is really low, 16% this past year. Um, but he definitely has to clean that up. So, um, But we're going to get to the game today against Poland. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. I love cookie dough. Cookie dough is my favorite flavor. It's my favorite flavor of ice cream, everything I eat. But this is healthy. Built Bar is healthy. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. What's great about Built is that is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just a, a grab 
a quick grab a bite to eat. Go to build.com, use promo code locked on 15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on 15. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Brandon, so what were your thoughts about the game today against Poland? Um, you, you saw other people step up. He, you know, he struggled today. You know, he, he uh, three points, like you said, he didn't score in the first half, but the positive I'll take out of it, like I said, you know, obviously the shot wasn't dropping. They were focused on him. You know, he was the focus on their defensive planning. And um, eight rebounds. You know, yes, plus minus, if you get into that, you know, he was minus 26. But I like to see the rebounding. I, you know, all I ask for, you know, I want to see people contribute. Even if the shot's not dropping, you know, you're contributing in some way. So eight rebounds, you know, that's a positive. My, you know, you're going to have bad games. So, you know, today they struggled. But, you know, <laughs> you know, in the next game is Serbia, man. You know, <laughs> but. I was still impressed by, you know, him trying to contribute any way possible still. Mm. Right, yeah. So eight rebounds. Um, I don't – yeah, you got the numbers in front of you. I don't – he had – did he have three points today or did he have more than that? Three points. Okay, yeah. So three points, eight rebounds. Um, the site I'm looking at is actually in a different lane, which is kind of hard to find the Euro, ba- Euro basket stats sometimes. So, yeah, three points. Yeah, like you said, 27 minutes played today. Three points, eight boards, three assists. One for six shooting today, one for four from the three-point line, and 0 for two from the free throw line as well. Um, and then he had three turnovers today. So just a, a rough shooting game all around. Um, like you said, they they really did focus on Denny. They really did. You know, and of course, you know, he's leading the team in points. You know, he was leading the team before that game in the past two games with 22 points a game. He was the only player on Israel to a- average double figures in points as well. Um, so he he really was the key point. And a lot of the times they would foul him. You know, when he got a, when he got a, a full head of steam, you know, when he was getting past guys, they made a point to foul him and stop him. They really didn't want to get him. They didn't want to let him get into the paint or get to the free throw line. You know, when they had fouls to give, they were stopping him by fouling. Or if he had a chance for a fast break, they would stop him and foul him. Now, in the NBA, they call that a take foul. So they're taking that out of the game, which I'm really happy they're, they're stopping people from doing that because it really does mess with the game. I like when the game has a flow to it, you know, transition, basketball, fast breaks. I get they want to stop it and, and get into a hat for it. It puts it puts the defense in an advantage over the offense. And we know playoff time, you know, it's a slower game. But at the same time, I'm, I'm happy they're taking that that um, take foul out of the game. So, um, but yeah, you can see some of the body language. You you can see he was frustrated. Um, this wasn't one of the games where you know in the second half he just you know he went off and was clutch. Um, it, it was a struggle for him. He couldn't knock down from he couldn't knock it down from a three. He had a couple of turnovers there as well. Had a shot clock violation turnover where he just didn't know, you know, how many seconds were left on the, on the shot clock. 
Um, the free throws disappointed me. They, they needed those free throws in the clutch, and they uh, they they came down. They had a big man for Poland who's seven foot one, who had a a man bun. I can't remember his name, but he was he was torching Israel. And then also Slaughter, his the uh, player's last name is Slaughter, AJ Slaughter, I think. He had twenty four points tonight. They really couldn't stop him. Um, he was getting to the basket at will. He had a nice. Uh, he dribbled the ball out to the three point line in the fourth quarter, and then went baseline on Denny as well. We know Denny is a really good defender, so that that was out of his character. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely was an underwhelming game for Denny. He really needs to bounce back um, against uh, Serbia tomorrow, which is going to be tougher. And then he had an offensive foul. They called a charge on Denny towards the end too, which I thought it was a bad call. But the game was out of reach after that. Denny, they took Denny out in the first half or in the third quarter. They didn't put him back in until later in the game too. Um, but it, it was just an off night. Yamada, like you said, other guys stepped up. Yamadar stepped up. Um, some other guys. I gotta, I gotta look at their names on the roster too. But and the other big man, Sorkin, number four, didn't play much. Um, I thought he had a good first half, and he didn't put him back in. But um, it was just, it, it was, it was a struggle for them. And Poland, they actually lost to Finland, which Israel beat. But it's, it's you know, any given day, you know, you never know who steps up. Oh, absolutely. Um, and you know, this is kind of what I don't want to see to a certain degree from Denny is getting down on himself. You right. know, look, the NBA man, they're gonna they're gonna test you, and right. it's all mental. Now, you got players like Patrick Beverly that he, he knows how to get right. in your head, you know, so you, he can't, you know, he's got to work on that. He's got to, because, you know, a lot of these games, the defense gave him a lot of room. You know, you see the athleticism, you see how he can handle the rock, you know, you the point forward, but you also see that, especially the top of the key, you know, they're giving him plenty of space to get that shot off. NBA's yeah. not going to do that. They're going to get in your face. They're going to, they're going to hit you right before you, you shoot your shot. You know what I mean? So, I want to see, you know, he's uh, he's got toughness. I want to see a lot more mental toughness from Denny because the athleticism is there. Um, AJ Slaughter, wow, you know he he was he, he was rocking man, and um, it is, it's an off game, but you know, like I said, it's it, it's ill time, man, because you're going against Serbia, man, and you know Jokic, man, he's he's gonna punish him down in the paint, man, you know, and just you know, shoot, it's more than the paint, you know, Jokic and his his vision. I mean, we can go on about Jokic, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would like to see a lot more toughness mentally from Denny, you know, because, you know, everything's good to go when, you know, you're riding high and you're scoring, but, you know, you're going to take those L's, man, and you got to be able to, you know, I like the eight rebounds, he's contributing, but he's got to get out of his head, you know what I'm saying, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just want to see consistency, you know, he has some really, the first two games were very encouraging, really good games, um, and then, you know, you kind of see it with the Wizards, too, where there's inconsistency, where he'll go on some funk, some shooting funks or shooting slumps. You know, remember where, you know, the Warriors game, he stayed in, the, you know, he put up something on Instagram where he stayed in the gym until, you know, midnight, past midnight, because, you know, he had some off shooting nights. He was just trying to get in the gym and get out of that funk and get get in a better mental space. So sometimes he can get down on himself. And that's that's the thing about you, you brought up yesterday or the last episode about him starting at the three. You know, will he have opportunities, you know, in the first two games, you know, some of the games he's played, he hasn't played well in the first half, but he's woke up in the second half where with the Wizards, you know, he's not going to be the focal point in the rotation. He's not going to, you know, are they going to use him as a point forward? Is he going to have the ball in his hands as as much as he has with Israel, you know, where he, he might not get those opportunities with the Wizards? I would like to see him get those opportunities. But, you know, that's that's the question mark with him starting at the three. You know, if he's making mistakes in the beginning of the game, can he is Wes Unsell Jr. going to allow him to play through those mistakes? Where you know you have a guy where Wes Unsell Jr. is going to trust more with in Will Barton because you know Will Barton has played for Wes Unsell Jr. already, so he knows what he's going to get from him. So is he going to go with the veteran and Will Barton to start at the three and get more and give more minutes to him, 
or give it to a guy like Denny who's developing, who has may have a higher ceiling and has the potential, but are you going to let him play through the mistakes? Yeah, I agree. Um, that's, that's just really the only knock against him for what I've seen is just, you know, dealing with adversity. You know, I, I, I say time and time again, you know, dealing with adversity, you know, not getting down on yourself, but um, yeah, you, can, you know, you can't make it, you know, continue the trend of starting slow. You know, the NBA, man, you start slow, you might be down for good in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, you know, he's got to learn to, you know, you go 0 for 2, you got to, you know, you got to figure it. You got to kind of figure the game out quickly in the NBA. You know, if, you, if your shot's not dropping, you know, you got to contribute somehow. And like I said, even from what I've noticed from the defense, they're giving them way too much space. And that's my only knock, you know, about the defense that I've seen play on him. Because the NBA, they're going to be in your face. They're going to be in your face. You know, they're going to talk junk. They're going to, you know, they're going to get in your head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you take the mental part out of it and the bad game, overall, I'm very impressed from what I've seen from Denny. And he, he has shown that, you know, he's willing to work on what he needs to work on. You know, for example, you know, last season you were, you know, being in the gym, you know, Instagram, you know, showing the shots, you know, the fact that, you know, he was able to work out with Drew Hanlon. Because, look, a lot of these trainers, they don't take anybody. So, you know, he's shown enough in his NBA resume to this point for him to want to work with him. You know, so, you know, overall, I like what I see. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so definitely a disappointing game, but we do want to see him bounce back against Serbia. Um, you know, is, is it a concern that, you know, Poland didn't have any NBA players, even though Poland, they have a good team, you know, we do want to see him show out against this competition. Eurobasket, Eurobasket is, is a tough, it's a tough tournament. It's an exciting tournament. Guys playing for the country and playing hard. So we do want to see him ball out here and we want to see it translate to the NBA game for sure for the Wizards. So, um, but yeah, Iran, I was messaging Iran, Sirocco, my guy, he just said that, um, he wanted them to use him. He, he wanted the Israel to use him as a three or a four as a secondary playmaker. They use him as the point guard for the most part, bringing up the ball and that they were really attacking Denny at the point of attack. Um, he said at the best points in the game, there were like two minutes in the fourth where they let Denny create off the dribble after a screen and transition or posting him, posting him up on the wings. And it was his best stretch of the game, resulting in a three and two assists for uh, for threes from Levy and Yamadar, who plays for the Celtics as well. Then he disappeared. Then Denny disappeared again. So, and this is also Denny's first time playing with the senior national team. That most of his teammates are young. So, um, just want to see Denny bounce back. But fi- we're going to finish up on uh, the top twenty-five power forwards that came out on Hoops Hype. I'm going to list them, and then Brandon Ridge is going to give our opinions on that real quick, and then we'll wrap it up for today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And then we'll probably see you guys the next episode talking about uh, Denny's performance against Serbia. So the 25th guy is Keegan Murray from the Kings, a rookie. We talked about this before the show. You know, you, you weren't a fan of them putting a the rookie on the list. Uh, number 24 is Laurie Markkinen, who plays for the Utah Jazz now. Who uh, Denny had a great game against Laurie Markkinen. And then uh, Dorian Finney-Smith for Dallas, number 23. Jabari Smith, 22, the rookie out of Houston. Wendell Carter, number 21 from the Magic. 
Cam Johnson, number 20 from Phoenix, from the Phoenix Suns. Aaron Gordon at number 19. And then our guy Kyle Kuzma at number 18. How do you feel about Kyle Kuzma being at number 18? In front of him is Harrison Barnes at 17. 16 is Jeremy Grant. Number 15 is Christian Wood. And then at 14 is Chris Tapp. So how, how do you feel about Kuzma's place there? Do you think he should be higher than anybody that was ab- above him? Above him was Christian Wood, Jeremy Grant, Harrison, and Harrison Barnes. Um. Man, that's disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, he has proven that he stepped his game up last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the clutch shots, you know, the game winners, you know, the Detroit Pistons game. I mean, they, yeah. And the fact that he got a rookie. I mean, you know, Christian Wood, you know, who's now a math, um, mm-hmm. he hasn't shown the clutch. You know, he can shoot behind arc, but that's not his forte. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's disrespectful. Come on. I mean, Kuzma has shown enough to where he, you know, he shouldn't be 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you would have him over Harrison Barnes or Jeremy Grant? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, look, you can, you know, just for clutch, you know, he, um, he stepped his game up last season. You know, a couple years ago, yeah, absolutely, th- those two would be in front of him. But, you know, last mm-hmm. season, you know, first season not being on the Lakers, you know, he took a central role not only by, you know, his leadership but just his play. You know, he mm-hmm. became a uh, complete player. You know, he was young in L.A. and, you know, he was more of a complimentary piece. You know, and when he came to D.C., you know, he became a, a all-around player. His defense got better. You know, his three-point shot was on point. You know, his defense. I mean, you know, I mean, the leader, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, come on. That's t- right, yeah. I got him above Harrison Barnes. So I think he's a better playmaker than Harrison Barnes. Um, Harrison Barnes averaged 16 points a game and five boards. Kuz averaged 17 points, eight boards. I think he's a better rebounder than Harrison Barnes. I think he's a better passer than Harrison Barnes as well. Um, Kuzma, yeah, he beat him all around in all stats, not just looking at raw stats, you know, off basketball reference, you know, Kuzma averaged three and a half assists per game compared to Harrison Barnes doing 2.4 assists. I, yeah, I just think Kuzma is a, 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 I think he, last year he was a better all around player. Like you said, he was a better passer, had a triple double, um, had a couple of games where he had, you know, almost double digits assists. He had a 25 point 22 rebound game, which hasn't been done since Chris Weber on, on the bullets slash wizards. So um Kuzma had a great year and he's clutch like he brought up too he had some really big threes some big shots towards the end of the game he had a big block on Joel Embiid to seal a win against the Sixers where it was an upset victory for the Wizards um I thought he took a leap last year and I think I think he's primed this year to get a to get a nice contract after this season too and he could be potentially part of a big three with the or I would say solid three not a big three but a solid three with Porzingis Brad and Kyle Kuzma so I love the way Kuzma played he stepped up, man, and did a really good job against, you know, defense. Defenses were playing against him like he was a number one guy, especially when Brad went out, too. He was getting double, had to take some tough shots down the stretch, too, and, and really had some big game for the Wizards. He had a game where he eight, hit eight threes in a game, too. So I, I would have him over Harrison Barnes and Jeremy Grant, too. I like Jeremy Grant a lot as a 3 and D guy, but I just think, you know, Kuzma last year played better than those guys uh, for sure. Christian Wood, he averaged 17 points and 10 boards. I, I look at Christian Wood more as a center, um, but would I take Kuzma over Christian Wood? Yeah, probably because Christian Wood kind of just put up numbers on a, on a bad team with the Rockets, who are a lottery team. For you know, f- for the last few years, they've been a, a, a top five lottery team. So, Chris Tapps, let's get to Chris Tapps though. Chris Tapps at fourteen, and honestly, where do you see him more as a center or as a power forward? I always see that before we get into this. Um, I see him more as a center. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he could play the four. And I'm very intrigued about whether he could play the four next to Gafford. Um, but no, nah, I think traditionally he's a, he's a center. I think it just it, because of his height, you know, it's, it's tough to, you know, certain players like Tobias Harris is uh, the NBA. 
they're a tough guard for him because they're quicker. And, you know, just being 7'3", seven, seven, you're not going to be as quick as, you know, a lot of your more agile fours. So I definitely see him as a center. Yeah. I'm with you there, too, for the defensive purposes, too. Like, you know, sometimes Jason Tatum's played the four. Sometimes Jalen Brown has played the four. Like you said, I don't like the matchup against Tobias Harris defensively. I like the matchup offensively for Prisoners against those guys. He he can just shoot over. He can basically shoot over anybody. Pascal Siakam's listed as a four. I don't really like that matchup. You know, guarding him on the perimeter, the foot speed, I don't really like that matchup either. But it just depends on the matchup, like 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 we've said before. You know, if they're playing like against the Cavs with Evan Mobley or the Timberwolves with um, Gobert and Carl Towns, and then I would like to see Porzingis at the four and Gaff at the five. But I think I think Porzingis is, is best at the center as that stretch five. I think offensively he dominates against um, slower bigs where he can just get guys out there because he can knock down a three and he can just do a pump fake and get to the basket or get to the mid post or to the free throw line and knock down jumpers. So now Porzingis, he is. At, he's 14th right behind John Collins. And then you could you could really argue that Kyle Kuzma and John Collins are very close if Kyle Kuzma's not better. Now, above Porzingis at the power four spot is John Collins at 13, Julius Randle at 12, Jaron Jackson at 11, Paolo Bancaro from Orlando at 10, Tobias Harris at 9, uh, Draymond Green at 8, Scotty Barnes at 7, Evan Mobley's at 6, Pascal Siakam at five, or Siakam at five, Zion at four, uh, Carl Anthony Towns at three, Anthony Davis at two, and then the best power four in the league is Giannis. So would you put Chris Tapps above anybody, or is there any other players that you think are uh, too high or too low? Um, I think he's where he needs to be. I mean, like I said, he's, to me, he's more of a center. But Paolo, man, I mean – He's a rookie. I mean, you know, he looks good as a player. You don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? But he hasn't played one minute in a regular season game in the NBA. So I, I just have a problem having him that high. And it's the same thing with Zion. Look, availability is the best ability. You know, he's been out the game. You know, he didn't play last season. So, I mean, at number four, you know, we're pretty much going off of potential. Right. Because <laughs> he hasn't played. And we really don't know what we're going to see from Zion. So those two guys, I think, are way too high. I mean, I think Zion, really, because of potential, he stays in the top 10. But Paolo, you know, I like what I see from him in Summer League. You know, his time at Duke, I like what I see from him. But, like mm-hmm. I said, he hasn't played one minute in the NBA game. You know, look, Summer League ain't NBA regular season. So, yeah, those are the two that I would definitely drop down a little bit. Right. I think, honestly, John Collins is a tough one for me. I think I like, I like, I, I think he's better than 14. As a power four, I think he should be in the center list, but I think he's better. At, I think I like him. I like him with his chip on his shoulder. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Porzingis because of the injuries. You know, he hasn't played. He hasn't played a lot of games in the last two years. Um, super talented. It just didn't work out with Luca in Dallas. So I think a lot of people are down on Porzingis. They just don't trust that he can stay healthy. Um, but from what I lo- from what I saw in those last seventeen games with the Wizards, and then you know judging off feet, but just how healthy he looks, the, the the fluid movement, the foot speed and the lateral movement that I saw, how fast he was moving. I like that he – I think he has a chip on his shoulder. And he has a player option this year for his contract. So he's he's playing for, you know, for that next contract too, man. I, I think Porzingis has a chip on his shoulder. And I think we're going to meet, like you said before, bearded Porzingis. I think we're going to get a, a determined, aggressive, Kristaps Porzingis that's going to be aggressive in the post and really, really show that he's a, a, a seven foot three unicorn mismatch. 
So I, I, I'm I'm deeming the season as the revenge season for Chris Hasperzingis. You know, the unicorn again. He can I think he can get back to all-star form. He really did play like an all-star caliber player in those last 17 games for the Wizards. Games for the Wizards. Um, when I say he's better than Julius Randle, I think he's I would take him over Julius Randle if healthy. Um, Jaron Jackson is really good. I like him out of Memphis. I think he plays really well with with John Moran, just fits well with those young guys in Memphis. I think he's better than Pale. I think you can't really put Paolo Paolo over Chris Epps just yet. Tobias Harris. I think he's I think he's better than Tobias when healthy. Draymond Green, he's just a different kind of player because he's a he's more of a he's a glue guy. He's he's the best, probably the best glue guy in, in NBA history or best role player, I would say. Um Scotty Barnes, that's a tough one. I would I take him over Scotty Barnes is a tough Evan Mobley. Right now, the potential Evan Mobley has a, the potential to be better than Porzingis right now. Scott, uh, Pascal, I think Pascal is better. Uh, Zion, like you said, that's potential. Um, Car Anthony Towns is better at the moment because he can stay healthy. He's been more consistent for sure. Anthony Davis, a lot of injuries too, but I think he's better than Chris has right now. And Giannis is Giannis, the best player in the NBA right now. Um, so I would have Chris. I would have Chris Stapps above. He's at fourteen right now, so I would have him above. I would have him above Tobias Harris. I would have him above Paolo, Paolo Bacaro. Honestly, I, I probably have him over Jaron Jackson. I probably have him over over uh, Julius Randle, too, honestly. I, th- I think he's better than John Collins, too, because, honestly, John Collins, a lot of his baskets are assisted baskets from Trey Young, a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop, where he doesn't create much off the dribble, where Porzingis, you know, he's really good off the dribble. Like the article says, for starters, John Collins boasts one elite skill. His finishing out of the pick and roll, an important trait for bigs today, but – you know, can he do anything else? Well, Porzingis can put the ball on the floor and create and just be a unicorn. So I would have him above John. I would have Porzingis at least top 10. Hey, I totally agree, especially on uh, Randall and John Collins. John Collins, uh, he needs to show me that he's a complete player. You know, you see a lot of alley-oops. You see, you know, he, you know, a lot of dimes from Trey. You know, I like to see him kind of create on his own. And then Julius Randall, you know, no disrespect, but push him right. <laughs> I mean, it's all you got to do defensively. You know, if you look two years ago, he was very dominant with the Knicks, and then defenses learned how to push him right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because there's been a lot of criticism with him not knowing how to handle the ball with both hands, and you know, with him being a southpaw, you know, that was the biggest knock on him. So, yeah, I agree. And you hit the nail on the head, man. I think this is an all-star season from KP easy mm-hmm. because it's a revenge year. You know, he's always gotten knocked on his, you know, his health. But if you look at Dallas, you know, he played well in Dallas. You know, averaging 20 points a game, you know, average 60 games a year, which, I mean, you know, you like to see you guys, you know, close to 82. But, you know, I think that he's going to be healthy this year. He's working on this game. I, I see an all-star season from KP. I think he's the a really good complimentary piece to, to Brad Bill. So I totally agree. I think so, too. Especially with West Unsell. If they, I think West Unsell Jr. really wants to run the offense through Chris Asporzingis, you know, similar to what they did in Denver. I know him and Jokic are different players. But you look at the way they the, they ran the offense last year. They ran it through KP. Um, him and Bradley built together. They haven't played together, too. So, I mean, I think both these guys, they attract a lot of double teams. They're going to get open shots for each other. So I'm intrigued. Um, but we're going to wrap it up here. I just want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now, for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. So I want to thank you guys for listening. And also submit more hot, hot takes. We're going to do hot takes on the ne- next episode. Re- we're going to react to you guys' hot takes 
after we react to Denny's game against Serbia. So leave some hot takes for the Wizards upcoming season down below in the comment section. Or you can DM either one of us on Twitter. We're going to put both of our Twitters down in the description um, on YouTube and on the podcast. Um, so definitely you can add us on Twitter as well on, on Locked On Wizards or our Twitter username. So uh, thank you guys again. Hit the notification bell on YouTube and subscribe. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.